patients and families are Stoughton Hospital's number one priority. To provide trusted health information to our patients and community, we present Stoughton Hospital Health Talk with Melanie Cole. You know you're supposed to get seven to nine hours of sleep at night, but sometimes that just doesn't happen. How does lack of sleep affect your health? My guest today is Dr. Jacqueline Nelson. She specializes in sleep medicine and is the director of the Stoughton Hospital Sleep Disorders Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nelson. What are some of the health hazards of not getting a good quality night's sleep? There has been a lot of research done on that very topic in the past uh, 10 years or so, and... Uh, findings suggest that poor sleep can lead to weight gain and even developing diabetes. So we have seen this direct link more and more in the media between lack of sleep and obesity. Why, in your theory or your opinion, are we seeing this connection so strongly? We're seeing it because uh, a lot of us have very poor sleep habits. So what is the link between obesity? Is there a hormone involved? Is there, is there something in our, in our physiology that tells us if we're not getting a good night's sleep that, that contributes? Or is it because when we're so tired, maybe we eat the wrong things? Well, that's definitely true that we eat the wrong things. And the reason why, it, it does lead back to hormones. Uh, there are a couple of uh, gut hormones. There's one which controls uh, satiety or feeling um, full and the other which controls hunger. And their ratios tend to get flipped in uh, sleep deprivation, which leads you to wanting to eat more carbohydrates and and grab for those uh, sugary snacks, and uh, which, of course, leads to weight gain. So in this world, this today world, Dr. Nelson, everybody is so busy from our teenagers all the way on up. We're on our electronic devices and our smartphones, and we're so busy at night before we go to sleep. What do you want people to do about getting a good night's sleep, sleep hygiene? What should we be doing before we go to bed every night? Disconnect. I think in a word, that would be uh, one of the things that may help a lot of people the most. Um, and what I mean, what I mean by disconnect is disconnect from those electronic devices. Uh, we've heard a lot of hype in the media in the past couple of years about the blue light that emanates from uh, the screens we're typically on, which include uh, your smartphones, uh, tablets, PCs, and even the uh, TV these days. And that blue light is very stimulating and makes it harder for our bodies to help wind down and prepare for sleep. So in the hour or so before sleep, uh, I recommend no electronics. Uh, uh, Reading, uh, engaging in quiet activities is fine, uh, but nothing uh, strenuous. And uh, certainly you don't want to be eating a heavy meal before you go to bed, but occasionally um, uh, some people require a little snack right before bed, and that's fine. Um, And again, disconnecting. So if somebody is not getting an adequate amount of sleep, and before we talk about what those symptoms would be, what is an adequate amount of sleep? Start with our teenagers, kind of work the way up. Sure. Um, teenagers need probably anywhere from uh, 8 to 10 hours of sleep per night. Um, And, of course, that's not happening in our society with the way uh, homework is structured, and especially since 
a lot of homework is due on the computer. They're often on their computers late at night. Um, and because our school start times are uh, not allowing them to get the adequate sleep they need. So then as people need 8 to 10 hours and they're not getting them, what are some of the symptoms that you're noticing? When should someone see a doctor about sleep deprivation? Okay. So what I just said when I said 8 to 10 um, hours refers to adolescence. You know, adults need probably anywhere from 7 to 9 hours, uh, as you said in your introduction. Um, the uh, American Academy of Sleep Medicine recently uh, made a guideline suggesting that what the healthy or what the adult needs to remain healthy is at least 7 hours of sleep. However, we know from population studies that uh most people need somewhere between 7 and a half to 8 and a half hours of sleep to feel rested. So that's a different question or a different yeah, it's a different question than than what you need to remain healthy, but I just want to make those distinctions. And so um, coming back to what people can do to uh, get a good night's sleep, uh, again, uh, like I said, disconnect. Uh, Think about caffeine. Caffeine is a a stimulant and can keep people awake. Uh, Some people can't tolerate caffeine at all. Some people need to restrict it um, to perhaps only before lunch. Um, You have to kind of take a look at, how you respond to um, caffeine. And obviously, nicotine um, is another stimulant uh, that can have the same effect as it uh, uh, um, can um, worsen your sleep with a lot of arousals, and then sometimes the withdrawal process from it can also cause a lot of arousals. And that leads me to alcohol. Uh, You want to avoid alcohol within four to six hours of bedtime. Again, alcohol may help you fall asleep, but study after study after study have shown that it doesn't keep you asleep. In fact, it causes a lot of arousals, and and it may be the same mechanism that you're uh, kind of withdrawing from that alcohol. Dr. Um, Nelson, if your cognitive abilities are affected and you haven't gotten that good night's sleep and you come to see a doctor, what can they expect from a sleep disorder center? People are afraid of a sleep study they hear. How do they get a good night's sleep at a sleep disorder center or in a sleep study? So speak about what treatments you can look at for sleep deprivation. Um, again, uh, focus on establishing a good sleep routine and going to bed at the same uh, time, even on the weekends and vacations. Avoid taking naps during the day, uh, as that can impact your ability to fall asleep at night. Maintain a regular uh, schedule for meals, uh, chores, and other activities. Um, Our bodies really like routine. Um, And then another very common problem I encounter in my practice is that people have a difficult time shutting off their minds. Um, they're worrying, uh, going through the day. And so sometimes you need to set a time, set aside a time in which to do that. Um, another, uh, uh, helpful practice is mindfulness meditation, which can kind of allow you to help disconnect from the day. And, so then uh, what about something like a sleep study? How, uh, what does that do for someone? And can you actually get a good night's sleep at a sleep study? You can, you can. Um, now, is it going to be exactly 
the same as a night at home? Maybe, maybe not. You know, there there are lots of wires. It's some people don't sleep as well in um, a new environment, whether it's a hotel room or a sleep uh, study. But in general, we certainly get enough information to know what's going on or not going on. Um, and I, I think it actually is quite rare that we ever have to repeat a study because we didn't get the information we needed. Now, the major reason to do a sleep study um, would have more to do with breathing difficulties at night more than um, insomnia or um, sleep deprivation. So then in the last few minutes, give your best advice about sleep deprivation, the importance of a good quality night's sleep, and what people can do at home. And I'd like you to even touch on, Dr. Nelson, some of the, the complimentary things people are now trying to get a good night's sleep, melatonin, or you see all these ads for the medications online and on, in the media. Just kind of wrap it up for us and touch on those things too. Okay. So in order to improve your sleep, um, again, I, I've already talked about um, establishing good routines, um, and you also need to make sure that you have a nice, comfortable sleeping environment that's not too bright or too noisy, too hot, too cold. Um, in terms of um, uh, using sleep aids like melatonin, um, in general, uh, I ask people to try to avoid them. Um, the over-the-counter ones tend to um, be antihistamines of one sort or another, and sometimes those aren't always safe, especially as you get older. Um, and then the other popular one that you mentioned is melatonin, which can be helpful sometimes, but occasionally people are taking too much or they're taking it at the wrong time. Um, and in general, um, I see not being able to to get a good night's sleep as being a symptom of another underlying problem. So my job as a sleep physician is to play detective and try to figure out what that is, if that makes sense. And tell us about your team at the Stoughton Sleep Disorder Center. Uh, my team includes uh, 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 a PA, um, Alyssa Tess, who has just joined us and is excellent. In addition to uh, Ms. Tess, we have a nurse and then we have uh, our technical staff actually uh, performing the sleep studies um, at night, which consists of sleep technologists who are trained to perform sleep studies. That's such great information and so important. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Nelson. You're listening to Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to stoughtonhospital.com. That's stoughtonhospital.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.